doing? It's been a little bit since I've talked to the few of you or the many of you who may be tuning in to the little thing that we do. But today we're back after a little bit of uh, R&R, you know, we're back with another Words With segment. Today our guest is Elliot Duke. Elliot Duke is a friend of mine from the days of high school. So we go back, okay? Go back a good while. And nowadays, he's living out in Berlin. That is Germany, not Berlin, Oregon, or Lebanon, Oregon, or many of the very strange uh, towns that Oregon has names of, you know? So he lives out in Germany now. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about German nostalgia and some of the differences that you'll see in the German and American cultures. Of course, we get a little bit political as the times are a little politicized at the moment. And, you know, we can't really help that. But, you know, we do what we do. We talk about life before screens, the possible results of being raised without truly understanding real-world consequences, the social media trials and tribulations, mainly tribulations, the problems that come with, you know, reactionary culture, and then some of the difficulties of transitioning from English to German. And then you get to hear me talk about the degradation of Portland and a little bit of more fun stuff. But the biggest thing, the most fun thing that we talk about about is nostalgia for Soviet Germany, Eastern Germany, right? It is a very strange concept to some of us, but it makes a little bit of sense. In fact, it makes a lot of sense after talking with Elliot. And yeah, I had a great conversation with him. So here in part one, that's a, I, I just outlined what we talked about. And, and in part two, we'll get down on a little, little bit more in depth on a couple other topics, right? But I just want to say, Elliot, as well as being one of my favorite people in the entire planet, he also is a fantastic music engineer. Well, he, in fact, moved out to Berlin to go to music mixing and mastering school. So the track that you will be hearing here at the end of the episode is by a newly formed duo based in Houston, Texas called the Rotten World Pack. Elliot had the pleasure of mastering this track for the Rotten World Pack. The song is called Pocket. Never know what you'll find. So make sure you stay tuned till the end of the episode and you'll get to hear that. Some fantastic tunage and a little bit more gold. We will be having our other episodes, our, you know, normal episodes. They'll be coming out here soon. Uh, I got a couple more weeks left in school. And that is, you know, draining me severely, but we'll get back to a regular schedule here in the summer. Uh, Till then, they're going to come out when they come out. Uh, I I love y'all much. I hope you forgive me for teasing you and getting you into a routine and then pulling the carpet out. But, you know, life works. Life, uh, you know, has hiccups, you know, one one step forward, two steps back. I'm going to keep rambling. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Here we are. Part one, words with Elliot Duke. Make sure you stay tuned until the very end and you will get to hear the Rotten World Pack song called Pocket, Never Know What You'll Find, a newly formed Houston duet. Very good stuff. All right, let's get into it. Do you like my mic stand? Oh, hell yeah. Is that luggage? (laughs) Yeah, it's my laptop case. Uh, Underneath, I got a shoebox and uh, my headphones case. Hell yeah. All right. 
get this party started. How you been? Uh, pretty good uh, overall. Um, ups and downs, you know. Oh yeah, it's uh, definitely a struggled, a struggle-filled world. <laughs> Extremely. And uh, stage of of life in a way, trying to uh, get into a groove of adult existence. Adulting sucks. Man. <laughs> it's good until it's not. Well, I mean, being a kid isn't really much better at the same time. Like, uh, I think it depends, but uh, it's uh, a lot of times when I look back, I wonder if I, if my memory, like how accurate my memory is, you know, in terms of, uh, for example, high school, it's like I only remember the good things kind of, or like I remember the bad things too, but my brain, my memory kind of like smooths it over. So I just have this like warm, positive glow of like, yeah, nostalgia mm-hmm. for that time. Uh, but then I remember that, like, actually, at the time, it was kind of a mix. Like, it was, like, very shitty a lot of times. And I remember feeling shitty, but, like, at at those shitty moments. But somehow, when I, when I uh, look back on it, only the... Uh, it just... I'm like, oh, it was just all like amazing. It was all fun. It was all great. Yeah. Hindsight is 2020 type of thing. For some reason, it's like the negative is so strong in some instances, but then there's like at a certain point where like the nostalgia brain flips Mm -hmm. and it's just like, oh, that was good though. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, yeah, we, I have fond memories about a lot of bad things, but it's more just the innocence of the age. Yeah. It's like when you're in it, it's uh like it's so easy to uh to kind of laugh about pain in hindsight or just uh difficult times like once you're through then you can look back on it and be like wow that was cool that was uh interesting and you know all this stuff um but yeah when you're like in the middle of it you're just like make this end yeah when you're a kid you also have no perspective just because it's like i've been on this planet for 10 years one one day is a huge fraction of that in comparison to once you get older. Like the little littler you are, the more kind of condensed your world is where like babies, they drop their, or like a toddler like drops her ice cream and it's like the worst tragedy imaginable. It's like nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> or just like whatever, you know, like, yeah. and then as you get older, it gets a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. I'm like, oh, I'll buy more ice cream. And then, yeah, at, at uh, now in in my thirties or whatever, like bad shit, like actual, like terrible shit happens, and like I'm like meh, meh, meh. whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty good about laughing at it in the moment, where like I can just see the absolute absurdity of a certain situation. Sometimes, even though I'm like in the middle of it, yeah, definitely, or 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 right afterward, because it's hard to do that in the moment. But yeah, key is to turn it, turn your pain into comedy. You know, yeah, it's the only way. Yeah, and luckily for some of us, you know, pain isn't distributed distributed evenly. You know what I mean? It's not everyone like it's born and they're like, all right, you know, every year you get to experience <laughs> this much pain. Yeah, and it's distributed across every single person. It's like no, there's some people that experience a lot in a little time, and some people that are just like, you know, just like literally frolicking through a valley. Never experiencing anything. <laughs> and they're like, I don't understand why things are bad. And it's just like, well, you you got lucky. 
So, oh, it's coming. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> well, some people it doesn't. You know, some people they literally just stroll their way to fucking you know wherever. And you could say it's coming potentially in, in another life, mm. or you know, like karmatically down the line, if you believe in it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, man. it's true. It's true. It's already hard enough to comprehend one life. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. like, oh, let's just think about life after life. And it's like, wait, but we didn't <laughs> figure this one out. So like, <laughs> why are we getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. We need to calm down. <laughs> Maybe we should figure out how to live this life before we're like, hmm, what's life after life like? I mean, it makes sense because death is, you know, an inevitability and it's a surety and it just lingers on the horizon for everyone. Yeah. And if you want to like escape your current life, that's one way to do it kind of. Just like be like, well, yeah, this this was a wash, but uh, heaven's gonna be tight though. <laughs> yeah, let me hit that reset button because that's how this works, right? Just like let me get in, let me just reset into the body of a of a bullfrog, and everything will be simpler. Yeah, uh, we were actually talking about that with like in just the different ways that kids are these days, as opposed to when we grew up, because. You know, like our age, we had a solid 15 years of existence before flip phones really started coming into the mix. And then most people, Mm -hmm. you know, then it was only a percentage of people that had flip phones. And then by the time we were 18, smartphones came along. So we had like a lot of, of, of living without screens before we got screens. But like, you know, we don't know what the development we're starting to understand what it's doing to kids as they develop and the brain develops and if you give them screens on a constant basis. Mm-hmm. Well, they're saying that like uh, the generations under us have higher rates of depression and self-harm and anxiety and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot less. I mean, it kind of exhibits just a lack of self-control across the board, right? Where the internet isn't teaching, it doesn't teach real life consequences, if that makes sense. Mm. And so, like, if I troll someone on the internet and I call them a fuck up or I call them a piece of shit, right, or I decide that I'm going to just insult someone because they were a fan of the 76ers and the 76ers just lost, right? And they're, they, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, yeah, you fucking idiot, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, would I say that to that person in real life? If I am at the game, if I'm at a basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. game and I look to my <laughs> left and dude's wearing a Sixers jersey and he just lost, I'm not going to look over and just be like, you fucking <laughs> piece of shit, you fucking failure. You know, it's like, no, I deserve to get hit in the face if that happens. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I'm an <laughs> asshole, right? But you wouldn't, though, because it's like... But you wouldn't. But, hate, yeah. but troll culture, right, yeah. is like this thing where people don't understand consequences. You know what I mean? In the, in the same way, because... They're just like, well, I'm it's it's like road rage kind of exactly. I was actually just going to compare it. I was going to say there's a similarity to being on the Internet as to being in the car. Like you feel like you're in this protection bubble, right? You're alone, right? Like we all say some shit in the car that we would once again never say to a person's face. You know what I mean? You fucking (laughs) piece of shit. It's just like they might have just not seen you. And it's as simple as that. As simple as that. Hey, I'm super sorry. (laughs) You know, but then instead you're just like, fucking God, you know, (laughs) <laughs> and the bird. Yeah, there's a there's a very similar thing. But the the kids these days, especially when they're growing up with it, that's like their interaction. And the internet is so like everywhere. It's like life is the internet kind of. Yeah, and then I mean, on playgrounds and th- and things like that, when you have everyone in like elementary school and like 
60% of an elementary school has cell phones and they're on their cell phones and they're on social media and things like that. And especially when it gets to middle school, it just ramps up and it's even worse. And then if you don't have a cell phone, you're like made fun of for yeah. it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just like Jesus fuck. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's just like, um, it's such a drug social media. So people are on it, you know, hours a day, like hours every day. Literally, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then that becomes sort of like your reality, but it's so fake, you know? There's really, it's really just separate. Like, it feels so real when you're in it. But like, I mean, I mean, I've been taking media literacy classes, right? Mm. And because and I, I think it's it's one of those things where, especially at this point, right? It's just like, how is this a mid two hundred level class in a in a college? You know what I mean? How is this not like an entry level class for middle schoolers? Oh. You know what I mean? How is this mm-hmm. not a continuous course for yeah, grade school? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. And and I you know and so like we're reading about how like in Norway. I think, it's, I think it was in Norway that they had in the schools, like in the public schools, one of the classes or something that was being taught was how to spot Russian bots, Russian like Ooh. troll bots, right? That are uh, programmed to yeah. um, cause dissent. And... Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's like a big problem on Twitter and in American media and things like that. And people aren't recognizing it as much, but I'm starting to like catch the patterns to where like, You'll notice some like vaguely grammatical stuff, like errors or like, for example, right. Once again, going back to the Sixers, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers who just lost the game last night. They got they they lost in six games. A bunch of people on the comment thread immediately. Uh, oh, so, no. What happened was, right, was their star player. He's this guy who's like seven foot one. He's 280 pounds. He's giant, right? Very big human being. His name is Joel Embiid. Fantastic basketball player. He kind of made a, uh, let's just say, reckless play with his body and ended up rolling onto his own player's teammates' legs, right? And and seriously fucked the guy's leg up, right? Oh, shit. And so Selena wasn't there for the the video that happened. And <laughs> lucky. She's, so, she, so she looked, but, she, you know, morbid uh, curiosity, yeah. she goes and looks <laughs> it up and just is going through the comments and stuff like that. And it's like you start to see a pattern of like, People calling like, oh, Joel Embiid, he's like, if he wasn't so fat and just like all of like, they're like these. Oh, God. <laughs> there are these certain points, right? That it's like, it's almost like they, that, that the, the, the algorithm, right? Or whatever the algorithm, the, 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 I can speak. Yeah, yeah. The algorithm <laughs> that creates these trolls, right? Like goes back, it like searches this person's name, looks up anything that was a criticism, puts it into this thing. And it's just like starts spitting out those, right? Oh, and it's shit. like. People said that he had a weight problem in the past, and it's like he's not fat. He's seven foot one, and his shoulders are like the size of a of a fucking truck. You know what I mean? He's like mm-hmm. a huge dude. He's 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 dense. He's a very dense human being, not fat. Yeah. It's just like people are like <laughs> you look through the comments and they're like fat, obese, pe-, you know, just like all of this stuff. And it's just like this doesn't like wow. This is either either people are idiocracy level stupid or this is just a bunch of <laughs> trolls causing dissent and then people oh, are both. arguing with them. i think it's a little <laughs> bit of both you know um yeah i had this comment on my instagram um i had a surgery a little while ago and uh um a sinus surgery because i i got like bad sinusitis mm-hmm. and you get these polyps in your sinuses so i got i got that stuff taken out but uh i was 
I was kind of hoping to be able to get some work done that weekend. And I was, and it's not usually like a serious surgery for me. That was also the case. Luckily, like it was quite chill. Um, I felt really good afterwards, um, but they had, they had me stay two nights in the hospital, just like out of abundance of caution, I guess, in case like complications came up. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I brought my laptop and headphones and I was doing some mixing while I was there. And I thought that was like kind of funny. So I did a selfie from like uh, my hosp- in my hospital bed as I was like in Pro Tools. And uh, uh, there was some bot that was like, you know, they always comment and it was like, it was like DM will repost on <laughs> such and such channel. Or it was like, I can't remember now exactly what they said, but it was, it was like something like, <laughs> like quite inappropriate for the photo, <laughs> but it was yeah. pretty funny. That's the best when it's just like a picture of like, like, I mean, not to, you know, make light of something horrible happening, but it's like someone's dog dies. Right. And they like post like a picture of like, I lost, you know, like 17 years with my best friend and it's like super sad and stuff. And then you get like 10 of those comments and you're like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just looking at that. So, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm doing some mixing from my uh, hospital bed. And then, uh, amazing beauty one, nine, three, comments promote it on old school records (laughs) yep yep i've been getting a lot of those recently because now we have the podcast uh social media page you know so like half the time i'll post something and they'll be like promoted on brooklyn sites i think one time it's because we did hashtag brooklyn because it's like you know i'm in portland uh kevin is in brooklyn rob is in uh that's right is in seattle right so we're in three different cities and so, I, yeah, in one of the posts, hashtag Brooklyn, and it was like, Brooklyn Vibes, promoted on Brooklyn Vibes, you know, just like like six times it says Brooklyn Vibes, and it's just like, what's happening? Do you ever notice that, like, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, talking about social media again and the ridiculousness of it, but do you ever, like, log into one of your pages and there's, like, a bunch of people that you followed that you didn't follow? Does, um, that, ever, does that ever happen to you? Cause that, that happened to, it's happened to me a couple like new, times. new follows or like on your feed. Yeah. Like on your feed, like you just be like, why am I seeing this person's stuff? Right. And then it's like, you click their thing and it's like, you are following them. And it's like, but Wait. you didn't actually follow them, or? but you didn't actually follow them. Right. No, I don't As far as I know, that doesn't, that it's happened to me a couple times. Happened to me on kind of sketch. Yeah. It happened to me on Facebook actually. Like a, Twilight like, zone. It was weird. It was just like, all of a sudden I had like 10 extra follow, like people that I was following on Facebook. It's happened on Instagram and it's happened on Twitter oh, before. I have a lot of weird, I have a weird relationship with technology. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have like a weird electrical field or something like that, <laughs> but you know, like shit kind of fucks up around me a lot. So I'm kind of surprised that this podcast has been going <laughs> as smoothly as possible. But like, when it yeah. comes to cell phones and stuff like that, it can get tricky internet. Whew. You know, it's like, I think it has something to do with some signals. I don't know. I'm weird. Uh, yeah. I'm an alien. I'm only on Instagram uh, at the moment. I have like mm. Messenger, but I, I deactivate, I deactivated my Facebook since a while. So like technically I have it, but it's like, <clears throat> yeah, de- deactive. No longer activated. <clears throat> I've I made don't like a TikTok to... actually, but I, I haven't used it yet. You should. I mean, TikTok is is apparently what I uh, everything I hear about it is it's really fun. I mean, I like the fact that you can use people's music and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's like mm-hmm. a great avenue for 
songs and then you can search the song because they always tag the song and so things it it's pretty cool like there's just a lot of elements that it's just like oh that makes a lot of sense and also you know especially if you use instagram you would have noticed that like after tiktok came out all of a sudden everything changed on instagram because yeah. they were just like <laughs> oh we should go do that yeah, <laughs> let's do that it's like yeah uh, gotta love the reactionary culture that we live in like anytime anything's successful everyone's just like you know they, they, they follow after it they emulate it they beat it into the yeah, ground all of a true. sudden it's dead anything successful i'm gonna hit my microphone as i say anything successful but um yeah let's just let's just let's just chase it we'll catch it'll be like you know one of those scenes in the beatles in one of those movies right where austin powers right he's getting chased and then they catch him and then they just beat him and to to pulp and he just disintegrates <laughs> that's what it would actually end up yeah, that's like that's capitalism right there right Hmm. yeah yeah it's like so risk averse kind of like late stage capitalism no one like i mean there's people will on from from the grassroots will like do new stuff yeah and it'll catch on or blow up or go get bought by some something and then blow up but then like at a higher level there's no innovation it seems because everyone's just like we have to follow this we have to do this just like kind of not not trying to like well let's maybe come up with our own thing or let's just try something for the fuck of trying it yeah it is really easy to get uh, wrapped up in the concept or the idea that there isn't innovation now just because there's so much um, formulaic garbage that's spit out. But there actually is a lot of innovation these yeah. days. And we can actually be really thankful of just like the media streaming boom because they're like there's so much content that is being demanded by all of these streaming platforms that... They, it is giving voice to a That's lot of people. That's definitely that an area where there is some. Yeah, no, I, mm. I wouldn't definitely wouldn't say that there's not innovation, but it, it's just it doesn't come from the sort of legacy organizations. 100%. And at this point, in a way, like Facebook and Twitter are sort of like established. So I mean, not that it couldn't happen, but I wouldn't expect innovation from from them. Like maybe if if something else bubbles up, then they would like buy it out or whatever. But uh, what you what you just said reminded me of like when Kmart started like doing pride shit, right? Yeah. And it was just like you know, <laughs> it's just it's like safe, that yeah. that whole thing where it's like you know, it's it's a it's an idea that was picking up steam, and all of a sudden, corporate corporations aren't like the big money in America. It's not leading anything. They're just like, oh yeah, you guys like, oh you guys care about gay people enough to where you're gonna make that much noise. Oh, we like gay people too. It's just like, right? <laughs> My favorite is Kmart like, uh... and Target. I mean, I don't know same my favorite uh my favorite is like revolutionary branding stuff <laughs> when corporations are like oh revolution is uh is trending like down with the system like we're we're on board <laughs> or just but just like in terms of like slogans and like fonts and branding or something like or just the word like revolution or like uprising or just like these like key words or catchphrases or whatever it's like Walmart, burn the system down. Exactly. Like. <laughs> that was when Hot Topic was selling Che Guevara stuff. Do you remember? like when we were in high oh, school yeah, yeah. and it was just like <laughs> I think it was yeah, like freshman year of high school for us where or maybe even sophomore year where it was just all of a sudden it was really popular and I was like I went to the mall one time and I was like, "Oh, it's like JC Penny and Hot Topic are selling Che Guevara stuff." <laughs> I like the there's a joke in 30 Rock that he's actually related to the Halliburtons. 
<laughs> it's it's pretty funny because it's like yeah it's like a revolutionary fashion store in 30 rock right and they're like it's like called brooklyn without limits if i if i'm recalling the episode correctly <laughs> and it's handmade in the usa is what it says right and it's like che guevara and it's all revolutionary and it's all you know everything else right but uh upon digging deeper they find out that it's handmade in usa and usa is a country <laughs> that has no labor laws funny. <laughs> right and so they're made by like these ch- like children or something like that and and it also like che guevara that is like so fucking good it's like the whole company is owned by someone who is a rel- relative of halliburton and they're like, but che, what would Che Guevara do? And it's like the guy pops around the corner and he's like, actually, his his father was Domingo Halliburton or something like that. You know, and it's all it's just it's hella funny. But it's that whole thing. Just poignant. Mm-hmm. 30 Rock does really good when, with, with some of that stuff. Yeah. How's a uh, how's life in Berlin versus life in Seattle? So, as some, yeah, you lived in Seattle for what, 10 years? No, four years. Just four years. Oh, you moved back to Bellingham, I guess, right? I was in Seattle from 2013 to 2017. Okay. But, uh, you know, I grew up in Bellingham, so... Yeah. Had an uncle and aunt and cousin in Seattle. Okay. So you're northwest northwest adjacent. The area, the extended realm of the I-5, western Was- northwestern Washington. The I-5 corridor. And you've been in Berlin since 2017? Yeah. One with one year in Spain. What? Uh, where in Spain? Valencia. How was it? Did you did you drink the orange juice? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, they have like orange trees um, just like all over the city. But those ones uh, are not are not actually good. Apparently, a friend of mine like <laughs> got some and like <laughs> they're not sweet. Like they're <laughs> they're yeah. just there. They grow, but they're not. Uh, they've lost that selective breeding for like actually being good to eat and juice. Hmm. That's interesting. But they'll all uh they'll all like drop <laughs> off the trees eventually cuz like no one no one takes them cuz they're not good and uh yeah so at certain times in the year like the sidewalks will and streets will be like strewn with smashed and or moldy like rotting oranges. <laughs> hmm. I think I just saw a video online and I thought it was from Valencia but it was a uh, like a little like like a bobcat style, like little trailer truck, like farm equipment thing with this Mm. like big net that like wrapped around the bottom of the tree. And then it like bumped the tree a couple times and all the oranges fell down. Oh shit. And it was funny because when I saw it, I was like, oh, that wouldn't be like, like, I was like, where is it? Like, where is it collecting them all from? But if they aren't good oranges, then that would make sense. Just the ones that line the streets. Um, Yeah, because this was on a street. Okay. So, so yeah, that would make sense because this was like you know right, right on a street, and yeah, that would make sense that it wouldn't be good as well because like oil, like from cars. And stuff <laughs> yeah, it's like it. it's it's you know the trees that grow like on the sidewalk. They have their little square. Yeah. And then yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes sense. I I would imagine I never saw that. I never saw anybody like taking any. Um, but. You know, maybe if, if you could harvest them in a cheap way, then, like, a big agricultural company could, like, take it and, like, add sugar, you know, and, and like, be like, yeah. orange juice. <laughs> a sunny um, D. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, for sure edible. And, I, you know, I guess mostly organic outside of the pollution and the 
runoff and <laughs> it's like when you yeah i mean i stopped by the side of the road so many times as a kid and ate the blackberries because you know in the northwest it's just and then like oh, yeah. i remember yeah. at one point they're fucking good like, along uh <laughs> especially the one spot that it, i really think about now and i'm like i should like why was i eating that was those blackberries like along east lake samish it's like in between lake samish and the freeway yeah it's just like just like, <laughs> the freeway uh and blackberries. Just, yeah freeway blackberries <laughs> just like not covered the best. in a layer of exhaust <laughs> exactly yeah just dusted <laughs> take them home and make a pie i mean they're still good still oh yeah just hey, wash them. What's wrong with a little exhaust? You know, we breathe it in all the time. Why can't <laughs> I? Mean, I eat yeah, it? it's like we breathe it anyway. You know, I, I want to eat. At it. least with blackberries, and you're getting some antioxidants along with it. So, was it harder transitioning English to Spanish or Spanish to German, or which has been the harder language to pick up on? Spanish is is way easier. Mm. German is hard for most people. Like uh, definitely for English speakers, there's a few languages that. Um, are have similar grammatic uh, stuff rules to German. Um, like I had a, a German class and there was a student who was Czech from Czech Republic. Yeah. And she was saying that it was like easier for her, made more sense because I guess Czech. To speak German? Yeah, to learn German. Um, and I think there's a few other languages like uh, not Sweden, I don't think, not Swedish, um, but a few uh, languages like Eastern Europe maybe. And also, if you've studied Latin, then actually, apparently, it's easier because Latin has uh, the same uh, similar grammatical rules going on because um, German is partly descended from Latin. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, coming from English, like even though English is more of a Germanic language rather than like a Romance language, I think as far as um, like Spanish, French. Um, Italian, Portuguese, Portuguese, and, and there there are a lot of uh, the same words actually, um, or similar similar words uh, between English and German. So you would think maybe that it would be easier, but it's it's absolutely not the case. Actually, Spanish has way more similar words, even though they're like kind of Spanishized, but like stuff like uh, revolution, like revolución. Like anything yeah, yeah. that ends in like T-I-O-N in English is like C-I-O-N in, in Spanish. And, and there's, yeah, there's... So there's a lot of rules that are like really easy to blanket kind of And things. the grammar is much more similar. And just, yeah, uh, German grammar... It makes sense when you read it. Like, I mean, German doesn't make sense when I read it. I'm like, like you look at it and you're like, what is happening? How are <laughs> yeah, these like, strings uh, of consonants? It's super <laughs> strict uh, in terms of uh word order in sentences like hmm. there's certain areas where it can be flexible and there is a lot of like room to like beautify it and there's like famous german poetry and stuff that is supposedly quite beautiful i haven't really fucked with that yet um but it's like yeah it's like you have to place the verb here and you have to place the subject here um verbs are always like be coming at the end of the sentence like my a friend of mine was telling me who works at a restaurant that a uh, co-worker of hers was like in en- speaking English, but who is German um, as a mother language. And he was like, you make John all the hard work do. <laughs> like, because <laughs> that's how you would say it in German. Um, but funny. yeah, like my German is at a good level now um, in terms of like functioning and stuff in society. 
much more that much more so than than in previous years. Uh, but it still still got a long way to go. But it's it's a fucking struggle. Like it's super frustrating to learn. Do you do uh, like any of the the linguist apps or anything like that, like to help along the way, or do you just use like everyday life? Uh, I've been taking classes. Uh, I've used Duolingo a little bit, like in the past, but not not really um, since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, doing some classes, basically, or or stuff on YouTube as well. Like, there's good free stuff as well on YouTube, for example, or podcasts. YouTube's got a lot of good things. I feel like it's harder to find the good stuff these days. I mean, yeah, I guess listening to podcasts and radio and things like that would definitely help exposure. I can't even like. I'm having a lot of cognitive uh, having a lot of cognitive uh, exhaustion of late. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really. I think I think it's just you know if if we're looking into astro the astrology side of things like Mercury Mercury retrograde. I'm sorry, is like supposed to zap the energy and make everything go like really choppy, and it's just like mm. an astrological. Uh, uh, explanation for kind of why a lot of people are experiencing this kind of exhaustion right now. Mm. Uh, I mean, also there's just a lot of other things to make sense to why we would be exhausted. It's like the government rushed us to get back from COVID and now we're, they're trying to bring back mask mandates again because COVID's spiking. Um, you know, I, I know like five people that have got it recently here and I'm just like, all right, you know, just like, cool. You know, I thought it was over. Maybe it's not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I obviously knew it was kind of going to be endemic-ish. Yeah. But, but it just, it makes it like, once that all sinks in, it's just tiring. Yeah. I'm also, I t- I'm taking my first math class in 15 years. Oh, God. And so I'm learning <laughs> learning statistics. And actually, oh, I'm good God. at it, but it's just like, I don't know. This podcast has taken up a lot more time than I am anticipating. So it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm in a bind where I'm like 75, 80 hour weeks and I don't really have any, Damn. don't really have any free time. And so if like little roadblocks happen, because they're always going to happen, right? Where you're just going to yeah. lose a little bit of time here. Yeah. It's so like Monday, you lose a little bit of time. Tuesday, you lose a bit of a little time, you know, just blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, you know, Saturday's coming along and you're just like running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And so like this weekend, or well, I mean, not even this weekend, just this week, I was like trying to sleep and I was like, editing audio in my dreams <laughs> oh god <laughs> and i was just this isn't that's not good <laughs> i've been here before it's like once you work like this much you start dreaming about your work and then yeah. like those aren't good dreams and like you know yeah. you're not getting rest you know what i mean i had a dream the other uh, like a few weeks ago where i was like mixing and uh <laughs> my dad like busted in and was like oh what if we uh turn up the bass and uh <laughs> what if we <laughs> And I was like, Dad, stop! <laughs> You're ruining Dad. my mix! <laughs> I was like, no! That's hella funny. Uh, how are your parents? How are they doing? They're good. They're good. My mom just turned 70. Hell yeah. Yeah, they're doing well. My dad more so uh, is like always trying to like talk me into moving back. Yep. And I get it. You know, I get it. But I'm like, you have two out of three uh, sons there. Like, don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. You guys. <laughs> and I mean, it's an excuse for him to come visit you and get out of the country, right? Yeah, but they're old. So they're like, oh. Uh, well, I, you'd think that like in retort. I mean, <laughs> no, my grandma. Travel, yeah, no, they came out like two years ago or something. 
Okay. My grandma, she really wants to go to Europe and stuff, but she's just getting her, she's getting beat up by property uh, taxes no shit. In, in California and just everything going up in price a lot. So as you can imagine, uh, it's not good. And then, yeah, just the, the cost of every day, everything. It's like our neighbors have been living like our, you know, our neighbor, she's lived here. She's probably in her 60s. She's lived in this neighborhood for her entire life. Not too far from here. She's lived in this house for like 15, 20 years. And they pretty much can't afford it anymore. Oh, because, I mean, well, property taxes are going up slightly, but just the cost of everything else, you know, it's just like. Yeah. Like gas. Crazy gas right went now. up a dollar twenty, pretty much a gallon, just like across the board. And then, it's, you know, it's like 40% pretty much kind of on average. Yeah. For like what yeah. the, the average consumer is is paying it's no good so that that breaks the bank and then it makes you poop and then you gotta move yeah so they're talking about moving to alabama like uh i don't know there's always uh people who want a doomsday and i think like we all have that sort of uh that tendency within us somewhere um but uh i would say things are not looking good for the us of a (laughs) i mean things are not looking good for the world of course like pandemic war blah blah everywhere but uh yeah like the inflation and uh just the sort of polarization and the kind of like political gridlock slash right-wing tendencies yeah i don't know i have a, I, I have a feeling that uh shit is uh is kind of going downhill well it it clearly is going downhill in when you look at like wealth gap you know, there's like a lot of statistics, like uh, education level, what is being passed in the in the political system, just like dissent across the board. I was watching this thing and it was talking about how the path to tr- for Trump getting elected was essentially the Tea Party in like 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. If you remember back then, yeah. and they made a bunch of noise and they got elected. And yeah. then and then a huge wave. That was like the uh, 2000, 2010 midterms. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was 2010, 2012. But I think it was the 2010 one where Obama was like, we got, we had a shellacking, to be honest. We got a shellacking. <laughs> uh, yeah, the thing was on, the, the piece that I was watching it on was on activism. And that was like talking about that was the last time that activism worked. Yeah. And like otherwise, like all the things after that, like the Occupy Wall Street, mm-hmm. um, there's like a bunch, you know, a bunch of other things that have not actually. And when I say worked, I mean, changed political policy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, that's a lot of the times the intent of protest is to change political policy, to mm-hmm. get things in action and stuff like that. And yeah, that was the last time. And you're just like, oh, that's great. You know, that's fantastic that's the last one that worked and you know nothing else is working because they got in and then then they were just like this like put my shoulders out you know what i mean and not no one's walking by (laughs) i'm an asshole (laughs) yeah yeah it's like the republicans have been like since like 2008 or i don't know maybe before whatever but like the republican party not like necessarily like voters but in congress and stuff the republican party was like it's our way or the highway right 100 yeah we'll only accept this one solution there's and no the democratic is democratic party was like well we want this other solution but you know we'll kind of accept 
whatever. <laughs> so then it's like, okay, well, what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, the the Republican, yeah, in, in, in 2008, I mean, and there was semblances of this before, but it's like the Republican Party really took a hard, like some, it's like the Tea Party took a hard hatchet to it and just pushed a lot of people to the extremist side and a lot of people just like to the more moderate side. And, but, but still, even though there's that division in the, in the middle, they still vote for Republican, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like the Democratic side, there's all this dissent because they have so many more topics to cover, right? Mm-hmm. With, the, with the whole, you were saying the Republican thing where it's like they don't compromise. Uh, it's, it's our way or the highway type of deal, right? Where it's yeah. like, it's super, there is nothing like in between. I'm right. Everything I say is right. I'm an, ex, you know, ab- absolutist. And it's just like, dude, that's not how, that's not how this works. There's a, there's a, I don't know. There's a thing that I've been saying recently, but it's just like, freedom is not your right. It's like all these people are talking about freedom. It's like, you don't have a right for freedom. You Well, I mean, correction. You have, you do not have the freedom to exist, right? You have the freedom to coexist, if that makes mm. sense. It's like, yeah. we, live, we live in a society, whether it's a German society or an American society or a Mexican society, it's just like, we live in a society that has rules, and I'm not saying those rules are, are, are correct. Well, yeah, it's like freedom is not the freedom to just, like, do whatever the fuck you want, you know? Well, with, like With the whole mask thing, yeah. Yeah. I don't have the freedom to, to, to go and, like, bash your car in, right? I don't have the freedom to go onto your property and ruin your stuff, right? I don't have the freedom to go murder someone. Yeah. I have the freedom to exist in society, and when I go driving, I have to drive. I can't swerve all over the road because I have a freedom to coexist with other people. And it's just like there's there's just this huge misconception where people are like, you messing with my freedoms. And it's like America, they don't understand what freedom is. And it's just like, well, freedom isn't yeah. what you what you're saying it is. Yeah you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're like and I mean, that's all the intention of, you know, once again, probably political activists and, and things like that. But it makes me want to poop. <laughs> It's a lot of poop that happens in my house. Every time I get angry, I poop. I just go to the toilet. Poop. More poop comes yeah, me, out. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, so do you plan on staying in Germany? Is that, is that your or or do you plan on potentially trying to find another uh, a stop on the way? You know. Well, I would love to eventually uh, rock a digital nomad sort of lifestyle. Yeah. Perhaps. I mean, I'm not like super hell bent on that um, necessarily, but there that does appeal to me, you know, like maybe having a home base. I always have a home base. But being able to, yeah, being able to spend half a year or three months like here and there, um, because as much as I love to travel, I love more so to uh, live in a place. Yeah for a little bit because it's a much different experience. Like you're not just a visitor, even if it's for, I mean, three months is a, like a little bit of a gray area, but like if you're there for like six months or nine months or a year or two years, then you sort of get to like this point of being a resident, you know, even if it's impermanent or whatever, and you're not a citizen, you have like a day to day life. And that's uh a different experience than than being somewhere for a couple of days or a week or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's sort of like, oh, that would be nice as far as like long-term plans and stuff. Nothing's totally set in stone, but I am much more now feeling like 
staying permanently in Berlin versus a couple of years ago, I was more so leaning towards coming back to Seattle, probably, mm-hmm. or perhaps Bellingham after maybe five more years or something in Berlin. And now I'm sort of like feeling like I want to stay here as far as like, uh, you know, I'll always visit for sure, just because not only family, I mean, definitely, I guess that's the main thing with like my parents and my brothers as well. And now my two nieces, my older brother had a second daughter recently, but yeah, all the homies. So it's sort of like, you know, I feel like the Northwest is and will all like will always be my home in a certain in a certain sense also. But uh, but yeah, I feel pretty settled and, and Berlin feels like home to me now as well. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds nice. Portland does not feel like home to me. Really? Anymore. No. Anymore. I mean, it did. It did for a little bit. And I mean, the pandemic kind of shattered that. And it's not like people will be like, oh, well, all those riots and stuff like that, that really would shatter it. But it's not the mm-hmm. riots and everything. It's there's a bunch more to it um, than that. Maybe just kind of a similar, similar uh, feeling that you had in Bellingham eventually. Well, no. So in Bellingham, I felt like there was a massive amount of passive aggression and that yes. I couldn't communicate with anyone. Right. So like. I was, I thought, and it was the same sentiment that I was getting with my family. And so when I went to talk to my, to my grandma and people in my family about my stepmom abusing me and being crazy, right? They were just like, mm. oh, no, that, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, like that couldn't happen. People aren't that bad, blah, blah, blah. They just <laughs> gaslit me, right? Oh, yeah. And in Bellingham, to try to like give it to, a, I, I was kind of feeling that same thing when I would try to deal with, uh, uh, bumps in the road or warts or pimples or whatever, like try and mm-hmm. like deal with some of these things that were coming up in relationships and business relationships. And like me trying to make that studio, trying to, or mm-hmm. uh, trying to start that studio in the Herald building, uh, starting trying to like make music with people. Like every time I tried to address something, like people would either ignore me and pretend like nothing was wrong or they would never talk to me again. it's always the two extremes and 100 percent, right and so like (laughs) i lost it's a fork in the road Hmm. i could either pretend as if nothing is wrong and completely ignore the issue or i could separate myself from the situation completely entirely yeah (laughs) it's so i lost a lot of friends because it was just like yeah that's sad i was like dude you like i can't deal with this because you can't do this to me because this is not fair to me and they're like oh Oh, you're, oh, you're trying to make so, any kind of boundary? What, you're not 100% like open to me walking all over you? Just like, oh, well, I guess we're not friends then. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. friends should be able to give each other shit. Friends should be able to talk about stuff. You know, there's a lot of things. And I'm, don't get me wrong. I've, I've had my, my problems in the past of not talking about things with people. Oh, we and, But, you know, no one's perfect. But point is, I'm not experiencing that in Portland. So that's a step up. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I really do not appreciate the way that the infrastructure is set up the and the, and the politics mm-hmm. here. And yeah. as I said, USA, it's on the it's, downhill slide. <laughs> yeah. Then, so, you know, the, the perception uh, with Oregon is that it's liberal, right? 
if, yeah. if you were to go ask the average oh, yeah. person, they'd be like, oh, yeah, Portland or Oregon, very liberal state, very liberal state. It's like, no, Multnomah County is a liberal county. Everything else is very libertarian, right? And it's it creates this really weird juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Very paradoxical. It just, I mean, there are so many things that I just don't understand. Like, I just did a project in, on this I-5 expansion that they are about to do like 10 years of construction. It's going to cost $2 billion. Mm, what could go wrong? Right. Well, the fact, the fact, first off, that the, the data that they said that it would improve, like that all of the data that they used to say that it would improve traffic was incorrect data because it was a, making an assumption that other construction would have gotten in other parts of I-5 that would clear things up even more. So it's just like it it was going off of a, a fictional it's just like finding, scenario. finding the data that you want to find in a way, you know, like <laughs> Exactly, one hundred percent. So so the Oregon Department of Transportation, they are justifying a two billion dollar project that is going to ruin traffic both during construction is going to fuck everything up. Afterward construction or I mean mm. or, uh, traffic will not be better, it will actually be worse. And it's worse for the environment. Oh yeah. Damn. Like it is it like the environmental impact is like this is bad. And they're just like, nope, we're gonna spend two billion dollars of taxpayer money to make something that is bad worse. And I'm just like, do you, what could you do with two billion dollars instead? Ted Wheeler, mm. he's the mayor here. He's also the police commissioner. When he got elected, he gets to choose if he's going to appoint a police commissioner. But the thing is he could just be like, No, I'm gonna do it, and then gets another paycheck. <laughs> another six-figure paycheck, oh, right? <laughs> so wow. the head of police is the mayor in this city, so nothing is getting done. <laughs> the police are sitting there with their hands in their pockets. It's like because a general being the president. <laughs> 100, dude, it doesn't make any sense, okay? The, the police are sitting back with their hands in their pockets and not doing anything as murder rates are going fucking through the roof. Like, people are getting killed all over the places. Yeah. People are getting kidnapped, and fu- like, little kids are getting kidnapped and found dead, like... Two days later, like it's had this is crazy shit's happening. Like we're turning into Baltimore here, and the police are all just sitting there with their hands in their pockets, and they're just like, "We're underfunded." You guys wanted to underfund, like they <laughs> people were oh, saying no. to fund the police, but nothing actually happened. Yeah, they have not lost <laughs> any money, dude. It is just insane. Like, like, and and, but the the fact is that nothing is going to happen. Nothing with the police department because the mayor is the dude, and so they're just like blaming everything on homeless, like homeless problems. The police are like, oh, you don't you don't like us uh, abusing and like beating protesters. Well, then we're just not going to uh, deal with public safety. <laughs> there was there was footage. There was there was like there are documented incidences of them beating up. Uh, uh, the people, because you're allowed to be a, like, what is it, a legal observer, right? There's like yeah, some, yeah. there's some term where you were allowed to go to a protest and legally observe. You're not supposed to be touched by the police or anything because you were just simply there to observe for media purposes or whatever else. Yeah, right? I mean, or if you're a journalist, or if you're just there as like a medic or whatever. Dur- exactly. That this is a journalism thing, right? Like there are multiple instances of those people being beaten. There were there are documented instances of the riot police slashing tires awesome. in downtown Portland. <laughs> For no reason, right? One of them got in trouble. Like one of them got, uh, they were gonna get prosecuted, and the whole the whole department quit. Oh, I remember right? that. And it's just like because they were yeah. like, oh yeah, one of us is gonna be guilty. Nope, you know, just like we're all gonna quit. You know, 
the police union as well as the uh, the baseball umpires union are just like two of the most the strongest unions that protect the most inept yeah like bullshit like like baseball umpires sometimes it's just like what like what are you looking at you know what i mean and then they get super like egotistical and puff up their chests and they turn into cops and stuff and you're just like what is happening here and then police are like oh yeah we'll we'll do that plus we'll kill you and then oh yeah you know (laughs) and that's the like i i profess a lot on this uh podcast that i i miss the days of you know pre-cell phones and pre-smartphones and stuff like that but that is the one thing that yeah that is infinitely better today is that Dude, back in the day, like for a person of color, like when a cop pulled up and you were walking down the street and no one had a cell phone, it was your word against the cops. And like, that's some shit, you know what I mean? And it did not work out for a lot of people in a lot of situations. So I'm at least thankful that, you know, we're, we're getting to the point where it can be documented and they can fight it. And even if they're not it's not actually working. It's like, I don't know, it's maybe progress in some way, but yeah, at least, uh, like the truth can be, can be out there in, that's, in some of these cases. That's the thing. But it's like, if we can see the truth and then see that it's not, nothing's being done about it. It's just more frustrating. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, I'm learning you know, like all these mm-hmm. like subjects in college right now. And it's like, Oh, I just learned about ethics. I just learned about, uh, uh, gerontology and like, and death and in the death industry. I just learned about, uh, media literacy and like everything that I'm learning. I'm like, unfortunately, this is just how my mind works. But like everything I'm learning about, I'm just like, oh, that's super fucked up. Like, oh, the death <laughs> industry. Like, wow. wait, so you're telling me that it costs money to die? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, how does that work? The only way that you can die and not be in debt or like your your loved ones will be in debt because of your death is if you donate your body to science. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like make a will. Put that in the will immediately if you care about anyone else around you. Otherwise, like they have to pay for your your funeral, all mm-hmm. the you know whatever. It's just like oh, 10 grand, just like especially these days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's some people that like they make eight thousand dollars a year, yeah. And like in like some of the Appalachian states and stuff like that, dude. Like it is absolutely insane. And they're like supporting families on eight thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Like, <gasps> America, but so going back off the nostalgia thing, you were saying a while ago that there's this wave of nostalgia in Germany for the Soviet era. And I'm curious yeah. about this and I want to know, I want to know some deets. Yeah. It's super interesting. Uh, something that I'd never even considered because so East Germany, Germany was split um, after world war two and East Germany was became not right away, but it became kind of like took over by the USSR basically. Um, as did like all these other sort of Soviet bloc countries, USSR was like, oh yeah, this is ours now. We're taking this, we're going to take this. And, uh, so yeah, East Germany was a Soviet country and it was basically a dictatorship. So you would think why, why would people, uh, have nostalgia for, uh, like totalitarian or super authoritarian era? But uh, I think it's a thing um, in basically like the whole Soviet Union. I know I've heard about it in in Russia as well. Although for I think uh, I think it's a bit different in different situations because Russia after the collapse of the Soviet Union, they uh, <laughs> it was like 
converted to capitalism, but like in the worst way, of course, to where European or American companies were just like, oh yeah, just sell us like all of your uh, productive capacity and your uh, resources and stuff or like lease all of this stuff. And they had this phase called, it was called like gravitization. You know, uh, at the time of the collapse, it was like a, definitely a struggling economic situation. But then it was like, oh, we'll take uh, everything of value and just give it to a few like kleptocrats and billionaires and mafia. And uh, so for the average person like nowadays and since since the collapse of the Soviet Union in Russia, like just as far as like economics situation, like life is like way worse. So that's a little bit, um, so there's even maybe probably like more of like a nostalgia because actually shit was better. Uh, whereas in, uh, in Germany, it's a little bit different, but at the same time, I think a lot of it is tied to the fact that in, in a lot of, for the average person, like economically, life was at a sustainable, comfortable level. And then it's like, that was people's childhood, you know? And growing up in a country where you have sort of an identity formed around the national identity. Yeah. And there are, of course, like the kind of ideals of communism on paper. It's like all about like brotherhood and friendship and equality. Mm -hmm. So it's like people have this, national identity linked to that even though that was not uh, obviously the case in reality yeah i mean economically germany definitely has uh since world war ii has become like a global powerhouse but at the same time people it's like the older generation mostly have this type of nostalgia and there's that there's even a, a german word for it which is like this pun Nostalgie, uh, so the German word for nostalgia is nostalgie. It's actually spelled the same as English, but with an E at the end instead of an A. Nostalgie. Yeah, and then Ost, O-S-T, is the German word for East. Mm. So it's like ah. a play on words of like Nostalgost. nostalgie. So it's like East nostalgia. Hmm. Yeah, I remember um, one time in a German class that I was in, we went on like a little field trip to this cafe it was actually in a mall and uh <laughs> like a strip mall or like a indoor no, like mall? a mall like... mall nice yeah it was right next to where uh, the german class was and so we were in there and the teacher was kind of talking about the about east germany and was mentioning like oh yeah you know they couldn't uh it was really hard to come by products from the west because they have to be like smuggled in a lot of times so there was much less choice of products to buy for example cars and the teacher was like oh yeah there was you could only the only type of car you could buy was this type of car that was produced in east germany which is like uh this small very like european looking sedan called a trabant or a trabi for short, uh-huh. that's like the nickname. Hell and yeah. basically like the chassis of the car was like not metal. It was like fiberglass, like plastic material. <laughs> so it's like wow. <laughs> uh, kind of like piece of shit car, right? Like super cheaply made. But now, of course, it's like a collector's item. 
like <laughs> but anyway the teacher was like yeah so like this is the only kind of car you could get and then this older couple that was like nearby like the old guy comes over and is like oh sorry speaking german like yeah just uh overheard what you're saying and that's not true actually like we couldn't uh we could also buy you know the other types of cars that were made in other soviet countries oh. uh like basically like kind of upset with the way that she was like describing the negative aspects of uh of east germany it's okay it wasn't that bad you know yeah exactly like which is true like it's uh the truth is all is usually like somewhere in the middle kind of you know mm-hmm. like totally, totally from from a perspective it's like history is is written by the winners so now that uh the soviet union collapsed uh of course the narrative is that like it was all bleak and dark yep and not too not to whitewash any of the bad things that happened because there was like this german secret police the stasi or the east east german secret police and like a lot of people were locked up and there was like massive spying and you couldn't protest like there was not free speech and stuff like this but at the same time we don't uh like we don't experience it like like what it was to kind of grow up in that country yeah. and it's like i was saying with my experience of high school right it's like even though i remember like oh yeah that was super shitty uh actually but now looking back i just have this like warm glow totally so it's like the same thing, right? Like as someone who grew up and maybe, you know, spent your childhood and your 20s and 30s as East German in living in East Germany, you probably like now looking back are like, oh, the golden, the, those were the days, like things were, I don't know, better or in whatever way you might imagine. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Ah, uh, good old days back when I was half is free or maybe more free <laughs> i mean it's always like i guess i should just do more research on the the communism thing because it would be nice it would be interesting to like look at i mean we could kind of see it in america i mean maybe it's just always yeah you know, like there's you know capitalism communism whatever uh even totalitarianism and the dictatorship are all like work technically mm-hmm. right on paper you know what i mean not all of them like they, they might well, be a couple they little, work in a certain way they all work know. in a certain way if there's a couple criteria that are met you know what i mean like yeah, which I never a met. dictatorship <laughs> works if the dictator has a fair understanding of what fair is and equity right yeah if it's exactly. like a if it's a totally you know and he was like yeah we have state health care and like it could work right mm-hmm. so it's just like i i i wonder what happened with the soviet application of communism to where it like became so paranoid and so intent on spying on each other yeah and, yeah, like, yeah and your neighbors and like like the paranoia you know yeah from what i understand it was which is interesting uh like because i've studied a bit the russian revolution and it was basically like instantaneous in a way not that like everything was like instantly shitty but just the paranoia and the surveillance and stuff, like, it was com- immediate, like, it, and I think it's this thing which I, I see, like, when I look at history of people have, you know, maybe really nice ideas and want to make the world a better place, want to reform society, but then people are, and, and I think you see this, like, under capitalism, too, in terms of, like, corporations, um, but people have this... Uh, 
they are visionaries, you know, and have an idea of how how to fix the problems and how to govern and stuff, and then are uncomfortable with with other with anyone else kind of like taking wielding power because then it's like people get this idea that my my vision and my plan is the right plan, and it's like well i I would love to allow free speech and democracy. But the problem is, if I do that, then maybe my idea won't be implemented properly, and then the whole project is going to collapse. So it's like Lenin, Vladimir Lenin, and like the leaders of the Russian Revolution are like, yeah, we have this plan, but it has to be this way that we imagine it being like, because, you know, we have it planned out, and if, uh, if we don't follow these steps, then it's going to fail. So once you have that idea embedded in your mind, then it, you can't have an election where um, somebody else might win, you know, because then they might fuck it up. And I, I, you see this, you saw the same thing like in Venezuela um, under Chavez where the constitution, um, I think they had like, I think they made like a new one at the time when he was first elected. Um, and it's like, okay, the president gets two terms. But then it's like, well, the end of Chavez's second term is coming up. And, and then he's like, oh, well, we, ha- we got to change the Constitution now so, that, uh, so I can have a third term. Because uh, what if somebody else wins who's you know, a right-winger or just in someone who, in his mind, uh, is like, you know, going to fuck up the whole revolutionary pro- project? So it's basically like, well, for the good of the country, I have to stay in power. I have to. Yeah, I and then it be. just becomes this thing where that will then, from that point, then the whole police state and the whole surveillance state and totalitarianism is like inevitable, essentially, because well, we can't. Like, what if there's like foreign agents? What if there's like Western influence? And uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, hubris. You know, thinking you're important. At least that's that's how I that's how I see it. No, I mean that makes makes a good amount. But after, yeah, after the Russian Revolution, shit. like right away. It was like there was other left-wing parties, you know, other sort of like socialist and anarchist groups. And the whole idea beforehand is like, well, I was going to say for democracy, but that's not even necessarily true. But it's like as soon as like the Bolshevik party is like in power, they're like, we have to prevent other people from from having an effect on the government and from influencing the direction of the government so we have to immediately start surveilling these other left-wing groups and citizens who might try to start their own movements and stuff
España 2022 